Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations that demystify, destigmatize, and desensitize what goes on both inside the therapy room and in daily life. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Logan. And we are seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. Every week, we sit down for soul-provoking conversations with fellow seekers, thought leaders, change makers, and even real people during live coaching sessions as they navigate the hard work it takes to be human. This is Cheaper Than Therapy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. So today we're talking to Alana and Alana wrote us in um, something that we actually, I don't think we've necessarily talked about yet on the podcast, Mm. which is, and it's a little vague, so I'm going to let you kind of take us deeper, but it sounds a little bit like it's this question or struggle around social media, how it shows up, how it affects your relationships, um, whether it be maybe a romantic relationship, um, how it kind of spreads out your time and your attention. Um, and it sounds like you're feeling a bit like the, the cons are outweighing the pros when it comes mm-hmm. to the effect on relationships. Yeah. Absolutely. That's definitely spot on. So um, I'll jump in and share a bit more of what I'm thinking or feeling. So something the last few years that I've just been kind of dissecting and um, dismantling myself has been how media affects me and my relationship with it. I personally decided to um, stop using social media for personal reasons, but I see the potent and power when it comes to business. So I still use it for business, Mm -hmm. but I don't follow any friends or family. Um, I prefer to have relationships in real life. So connect with someone over the phone, a video chat or face-to-face. And I've noticed that my relationships have gotten way more, they've gotten deeper and more authentic. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've noticed too, that when I was using social media for personal reasons, it was as if my front door was always open Mm -hmm. and I felt a bit depleted and um, obligated to answer people back. And people felt like it was kind of like a, an open telephone line to always reach out. And it was, um, it was a weird thing where I didn't really enjoy it. So cutting it out, I've actually seen which relationships made it through and which relationships on the other end, people wanted to continue pursuing me like in a direct manner. Mm -hmm. Um, Then for myself as, as well, where I wanted to invest my time and like my relationship with my mother, my brother has gotten deeper. Um, And then romantically as well, I used to use social media um, kind of like a, like a dating app. Um, you have this kind of um, vitrine of uh, yourself that you're presenting. And I would flirt a lot on it. I would get a lot of attention. Um, of course, felt good, but I had and have this desire to have one partnership for life. And I just always thought that these two worlds would clash and they don't really make sense. So I made the decision, um, let me start making dis- uh, changes now in my life, if I do want that. Um, and recently I'm in a new relationship, which is really great and happy and healthy, the healthiest I've, I've had. And we've been together for uh, like almost five months and he's still very active on social media. And I have a, like a, it's like distasteful for mm. me. And then the whole conversation of like having your ex-partners on there, like your ex-girlfriends for me, just weird, like to continue seeing their things on a daily basis just them seeing yours then it's the whole conversation of like do they post a picture of you in the new relationship if they don't what does that mean mm-hmm. um I just mm-hmm. honestly I don't like it I think it is messy and it's confusing and I think 
it's helpful if one is going to use it personally to have really strict boundaries. Or I think to myself, if I ever do get back on for personal, I'll keep it private and actually only have my friends and family that I engage with on a daily basis. Cause it's mm-hmm. weird. It's like people know, knew my life, what I was doing without me directly telling them. Right. And I would kind of get off on showing it. Like, look at all the places I'm traveling to. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, strange. Yeah. It's, it's strange and I just think really unhealthy for the relationship that I see myself having with myself, with friends, family, and then more so romantically because I would get attention from like ex-partners too and I'm like, oh, they're still interested, you know? Yeah. So this new partner, um, he, before I say yes. assume, um, what's his take on, on how you feel about social media? He actually completely agrees and he's tried deleting it, deleting it in the past a few times. Um, he said he wants to. He doesn't see it really integrating with a healthy and happy life. Um, he admits that he's addicted, but he mm-hmm. processes things differently than I do. I'm pretty, um, I react quick and I make a decision and I stick with it. I guess we could say this is like the New York side of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was like, I get that. I can feel his, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and his, his temperament is just slower and he kind of has to, I mean, this is why it's kind of a little bit of a yin and yang nice balance because I think about things longer now because he uh, mm-hmm. kind of challenges me to reflect on it more. So, I mean, down. Yeah, exactly. So that's good. But he agrees with him. He says, like, I'm addicted to it. And said, I, I think these things take time. But I agree with you. I don't really see how it's like help helpful. I'm so glad you're bringing this conversation in because this is something that's been coming up a lot with clients lately. Just this, not only um, what social media stirs up in all of us, the way that we're sort of feeling the response in our bodies and our psyche, but also um, what it's doing to our partnerships when it feels like my partner's really sort of distracted or mm-hmm. checking out exes or all of the things. And I don't know, there's, it, it's not, I'm, I'm really curious to hear your take on this fee because I feel like you, you and your partner have very different it. energetics around the way that you use it. But I feel like you said something just from the jump that feels really potent to me, which is with any sort of addictive pattern, I think the the desire to put it down needs to come from an authentic place within me um, and that we each have our own process around it. I think you said it beautifully, right? And so it sounds like he's in process with it. It sounds like he's sort of like in that dance of negotiating like how and when I'm ready to put this down. Um, and, I, and I think that's a little bit of like, well, I got to let him ride that process out and get there when he True. gets there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm yeah. curious to hear what you think. Yeah. I mean, look, it's tough. It's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it's not, I, I have, you know, my partner is very active on social media and, and that's basically his entire business and platform has come from social media. Um, and it can be a little frustrating, a lot of frustrating, uh, when I feel like he's very distracted and, um, it's, it's this constant, um, negotiation, I think in my head between like, this is work and push your fucking phone down. Right. Like it's this back and forth in me internally always. And Mm -hmm. we've had a few conversations about it and I, and I've asked him to establish different boundaries in this way or that way. And, and he's respected them while he's remembered them. And then he's forgotten and I've had to remind him again, but (laughs) I think it's like a dance and, and I don't know that, um, it's like, I, I don't know that I can ever make him look at it, nor do I necessarily want to make him look at it the way that I look at it. 
but it's more about just continuing to share with him. This is what makes me uncomfortable. This is, um, you know, when you do this versus this, this is how I feel or I see it. Um, and then allowing him to adjust accordingly. Um, I mean, that's, that's just how we've navigated in our relationship. I don't, I don't know if that's helpful, but it, it's, it's, it's a struggle. I'm not going to say that it's not, it, it is for me daily for sure. Yeah. And I think you guys are spot on with um, kind of, or at least the way I'm digesting it is respecting his own um, exploration and growth and path. And this is where I am trying to be aware to not control because mm-hmm. we think differently. Everyone has their own path. Um, and this is a learning experience as, as well for him. So it's respecting someone else's growth rather than being like, why don't you see it right now? Make action, mm-hmm. which I gotta, yeah, I'm telling myself, chill. Okay, chill. You mentioned it, you brought it in a, in a nice manner, but it's, um, it's kind of stuff that I'm just like, are you just think like, is that helpful for a relationship? Like mm-hmm. following an ex-girlfriend, liking her photos all still, um, or like even besides the jealous romantic side that could be driving a lot of this, it's even like rather than your mom staying up to date with what you're doing because of social media, why don't you like send her photos directly? It just makes mm. relationships more intimate. Yeah. yeah. I kind of want to stay there for a second only because I do feel like that's something that comes up. The Not only like the exes that you're following and liking, but like I feel like I hear clients talk about like liking other attractive women or like, you know, like what are they called the um, for for fans page? What are fans? <laughs> The old, <laughs> she's, old she's the old lady to my millennial mm-hmm. i'm like what are those called the um what are those young whippersnappers doing to make money these days exactly <laughs> um but that's something that i hear come up a lot too and i guess i wonder elena how you are sort of reconciling that that relationship with you know you're following an ex and you like her picture or whatever. And like what, what that stirs up within you when you, I mean, are you seeing that? Do you notice it? Like, how does that show up? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I go looking, which I admit to, and I don't like, cause it feels like it's snooping, but then it almost doesn't cause it's on a public open platform, platform, like everyone can see. So it's not like I'm reading your journal, but then I do express, um, like very calmly that this makes me feel uncomfortable because I feel blah, 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 blah. Um, and then I dive in, like, I'm not telling you what to do, but let's talk about it. How do you feel? What do you think is appropriate or not? Let's negotiate. Um, and then I do share that I don't really see my future, like with, uh, one partnership and I would like to have children one day, then like my partner's on the couch, like scrolling through ex-girlfriend's posts. Like that to me just seems weird and doesn't seem like how I want to spend my time in a relationship. Um, but And then also goes to like, why do you care? Like there was then even a response back like, well, um, I want her to know that there's no like hard feelings between us anymore. I'm like, so you follow her? Like, why don't you, if you see her like in town, you say, or like you you meet up for a coffee, like say this and then like have a great life. Like happy to see you're okay. Like what is that since a follow and a like? Like that sounds, it feels artificial, which is just what I hate about social media. It's very artificial. yeah, it's, it's, I honestly hate it, <laughs> but it's so helpful for work. Yeah. Something too that I've noticed, like in, um, at least with therapists, maybe I was reading something and I do think with modern relationships, it is 
helpful to have it be part of the conversation. Like, what is our relationship with social media individually Mm -hmm. than as a couple? Like, for example, Mm -hmm. if you want to post a picture of me, I would like you to ask me rather than just post it. Cause like, this is a public thing. People can see what my life is doing. I choose to have a private one. So people only know what I'm doing if I tell them directly and I Mm -hmm. do that on purpose. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think all of these are conversations that have to be had. Um, I love that. I mean, I love the idea of having that kind of conversation up front, right? I mean, it is, it's a part of all of our worlds now and each person should be understanding of how the other person expects to show up or not show up in that world and, and then respect the other person's wishes. I think that's a great conversation to have. I mean, you know, the thing about the, the, the jealousy, I guess for me, it's tough because I, you know, I have, I mean, Danae knows I have like very aggravating views on jealousy. I think to many people, because I'm like almost, almost like ridiculously unjealous. But it, it's, it, I guess the question for me is more around, so you have the conversation with him and you, you do approach it more like, you know, this makes me uncomfortable. It makes me feel X, Y, and Z. And then his response to you is what? I mean, he's pretty good. So like, he'll think, well, we had, we've been having this conversation for the last few weeks. So after the first one, um, he came back a few days later and he was like, I agree with you. And I took mm-hmm. this action. Oh, and okay. I was like, and I was like, okay, you took this action, but like, I don't want you to take this action just for me because then I don't want you to have resentment or feel like okay. I'm controlling. And he, and he said, no, I actually thought about it. And I agree with you. I don't okay. like, I don't think it's right. So we had a, just a new one um, last night around, around the same kind of topic, but a different action. And he was kind of like, um, I mean, he responded back in a way that was uh, felt a bit immature. Um, and I said, well, like okay think about the words you're using right now because this is not productive then um mm. and then he kind of came back this morning and was like okay like I'm, I'm gonna think about it I mean he is pretty responsive on when he comes back but it's a little bit of a frustration um because he's older than I am and I should not be bringing in an age but I do and I'm like why haven't you learned this lesson already <laughs> okay so we're going back to the original conversation go ahead tonight <laughs> Yeah, you know, here's the thing. Like, I feel like this becomes one. And listen, I just want to name a lot of like, I feel you. Like, it is so like tempting to creep in and be like, and just exactly did they like that picture? Like, I I know I shouldn't look, but I'm gonna look like so human and right. Um, it's it's control, right? Let's let's name, 100%. let's call a thing a thing. It's control. It's attempting to like get in there and control this other human and. I was listening to Ram Dass on a talk the other day and I, I wish I could quote him precisely because it was so like ooh, gut punch, but no matter what, the human psyche will resist um, any attempts we make to control another person. So he might say, yes, I hear you hundred um, percent. I'm not gonna do it again. And just like you said, it will show up in another way because this is like what will happen when we attempt to control another person. What I think is more useful for us to do is bring the focus inward and say, okay, so what is the narrative that happens inside of me when I see him liking ex-girlfriend's picture? What is the story I tell myself about the meaning? Um, what is the, you know, like all, all the narratives that like what, what should and shouldn't happen and why, and if it does, what that could lead to, like all the story that surrounds it. And can I ask myself what else could be true? Mm-hmm. Can I ask myself like, you know, obviously I'm the woman he wants to be with now. If he were to change that in any way, shape or form at some point, there would be actually nothing I could do to control that. Um, but it's the illusion of control that we want to sort of grasp onto. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. 
completely and control is definitely um uh an issue or like a a hiccup or something that I've been aware of and and I'm gonna have to I think continue being aware of because I think it's like pretty deep rooted in my being well and I think it's important exactly what Danae is saying right when we get into that space of like I can feel it in my body because I tend to lean into control as well as as a, a I mean, it's a very clear defense, but it's, um, when I get into that space internally, I do try to do the same thing that Danae is saying, like, what is, what's going on for me internally? What's the narrative that I'm telling myself internally, right? Like all these questions that Danae was saying, what else can be true, right? Um, And it's still important, obviously, to communicate with him when something is activating you and stirring you up, but it's less about like, um, you know, we'll just use the liking the ex-girlfriend as an example. It's less about like, you know, I see that you liked her post like why is that what is that about you know this is why I don't like it this is what makes me uncomfortable and rather letting him in on the vulnerability of what did you discover when you were actually sitting with yourself for a moment and Mm. you were questioning what was coming up for you So what did you discover in your internal exploration when you were sitting with your activation? What was the story you were telling yourself? What else could be true? What was the old narrative for you from childhood that was coming up? Was it the feeling of not being worthy? Was it the feeling that he is more interested in this person than you, that he might leave you for this person, that you're going to end up in a relationship with somebody who's going to be more concerned about social media than you? That's the shit you share. Totally. Well, that's I, not and I, control, I have right? shared, I have shared yeah. that, that I feel unworthy or not prioritized, or I'm not going to be as important to you as this person was. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I completely have, which is cool and, and nice to share that. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, that's it. Like, that's what we come back to. I think that's so powerful V because that naming that is the difference between emotional intimacy versus like you're responsible for my self-soothing, right? Which I think- And I need you to stop doing this thing. Yeah, I think a lot of times what we confuse is like my needs being met in relationships is some of our work around our own self-soothing. And that doesn't mean I don't bring my partner in to the truth of my process and what's happening for me. It's just, I don't make you responsible for attending to my internal world. And by the way, it doesn't mean you don't have the boundary. Like if after all of that work and after all of that introspective, you know, the sitting with yourself and everything, you really still feel truly in your gut that like, you know, again, just to keep using this one example, like, I really don't like that you follow this X period. And that is really what your boundary is. And it's still okay for you to have that boundary, but you're putting it out there for him to sit with and digest on his own versus you need to do this thing or don't do this thing, which doesn't sound like that's exactly what you're saying. Right. But I think that can be the tricky thing is it's like what Danae said, you're responsible for this thing. This is how I feel. Fix it versus like, here's what's coming up for me. I want to share this with you. I want you to come in on this journey with me. Um, And then that's either going to, um, I don't know if propel is the right word because it still feels like it's got a forceful kind of hand in it, but it's either going to propel him to consider this, how it, how you react to it, how it, um, affects you and he's going to take action in kind or it's not and either way that's information for you right about how Mm -hmm. he's going to show up and meet you I guess in that process yeah Mm -hmm. there's something about speaking to it is like I don't want you to have I don't want you to do whatever the relationship is with Mm -hmm. this ex as a boundary that feels a little bit in the realm of like an expectation that I feel like okay but then if that is not met then I am resentful right then I am in the space of anger which 
is a little bit different to me than I express how this makes me feel. I show up in a vulnerable way and this person shows me a lot of their, their capacity to, to tune into how things feel for me based on their response. Like there's something that just like some of them have their own response. And then that response will be the information for you. Yeah. Information for you versus like, this is the boundary I'm setting. Like, I just feel like sometimes then if that person steps over that boundary, then I, okay, then I have a decision to make. Cause I've set a boundary, right? Like well, boundaries. Mean yeah. But sometimes you need through. that. No. I mean, sometimes if, if you have, let's say you have the conversation five times, Okay, just as an example, and you keep putting it out there and you don't set that boundary, but you do say this is what's coming up and you're vulnerable and whatever. And they're not doing the thing that in the back of your mind you actually really want them to do. And mm-hmm. that really is in your gut a boundary, but you're just not expressing it because you don't want to be controlling. I'm saying this from somebody who has a tendency to be controlling. But at the end of the day, you actually do have to get real with yourself. And if that really is a boundary, then like you got to hold yourself to it. You know? Totally. Just know that a boundary means this is the hill I'm willing to die on. Yeah, I have to make a boundary. I have a consequence. Then, then that means consequence. Otherwise 100%. you're just threatening and controlling. Yes. And that is different than a boundary, right? 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to uphold the consequence that you have established for a boundary for it to actually be a boundary. Otherwise, it's just something that you're used to, you're using to control or you're using to sit in your resentment because sometimes we get really addicted to our resentment. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I think something too. So then throughout all this, I've been asking myself, so what is, um, where is my space to grow? And one of the large areas, um, aside from the control part is patience, Mm -hmm. Um, patience, 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 that things can't or don't always happen, snap of a finger or how they happen in, in my mind. So being patient and kind of letting the wave ride and time will tell and seeing what happens. Mm-hmm. I love that question. You know, where is my area to grow here? I just think that the emotional maturity just in that question alone, right? Like this is obviously showing up for me for some reason. What is it inviting me to expand into my patients? I don't think it's that surprising that you're with what you're working with right now. You're dating somebody who is struggling with specifically (laughs) social media and their boundaries around it. Hmm. It kind of makes sense. It's like, this is what we do, right? We bring people into our sphere that are going to mirror back to us exactly what it is that we need to really learn and explore about ourselves <laughs> why does that happen it's so true though it's like it's like when you need to learn a lesson life is like okay well i got it here, here you go. for you and then it's, you don't if you don't learn it then it comes back again over and over it's like, why oh, is the universe so perfect why is that <laughs> no it's like setting you up perfectly here you go perfect you and infuriating again. all at the yeah. same time so yeah. <laughs> it is it's honestly kind of beautiful like it's so like confusing and it's like what the hell are we doing here but then it's mm. also beautiful because it's like who the hell knows i don't freaking know <laughs> none of us do yeah yeah exactly really There's connection in that right uh huge and like one of my biggest lessons that i learned a few years ago when my father passed away um i was like like where are all the adults? Cause I expect mm. like adults to know how to handle these situations and just have it figured out. And that's when I was like, no one has to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just, I think we're all just trying to figure it out. So mm-hmm. also to compassion to everyone um, and myself for mm-hmm. our hiccups and um, trying to overcome things. So. Absolutely. Elizabeth Lester says, we're all just bozos on the bus doing our best day to day to figure this shit out. And it's so real, you know, all of us, none of us know. We're just, yeah, 
surviving, keeping our heads above water here. Yeah. yeah. And I think Alana, I think like we said, this feels like the perfect package for you to really like lean into a little bit more of the internal, okay, what's coming up for me? Hmm. You know, the questions around control, the questions around patience, like wanting things to be done a certain way in a certain amount of time. Um, and, and why, why is that? Why does that come up? You know, what, um, it could be a little bit of inner child work. It could be, you know, what was this? Why did I need this safety when I was younger? Like, what is it about control that helped me feel safe when I was young? And now how is that translating into being an adult? And where is it kind of, where is it actually kind of tripping me up, right? Because what works when we're young is usually what ends up not working so great when we get older. And that's why we start mm-hmm. doing this work to begin with. So it just does really feel like a really rich area for you to continue to sit with the resistance that comes up and, and then the questions that follow. Yeah. Yeah. And something too that I've noticed, um, I did a little case study because I feel like I'm doing case studies in every area of my life, but I was like, let's try just like I, that's what I said to him, like communicate to me. I, I I would like you to communicate more. So he communicated more like, um, for example, he told me like, this person followed me. So I followed, followed them back. And I actually was not triggered or activated because I felt like I was in on the story. Mm-hmm. Like I was in, in the circle. Mm-hmm. So then I noticed that I don't have this emotional charge when I feel like um, I'm getting the communication. And I've noticed that I do have this frustration or emotional charge when something was not communicated. Cause then I feel like I'm kind of left on the side. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm kind of even open to him continuing to use it as he pleases, but just communicating things to me. Cause I feel like then there is, everything's out there and it's like cool no secrets mm-hmm. yeah yeah which I really I had no emotional charge and I was like cool like thanks for telling me that's that's helpful yeah. that's nice I mean to know mm-hmm. so yeah. I think also too it could be um this desire to have a certain level of communication which I'm definitely seeking yeah and needing and it sounds like maybe this person is willing to at least experiment with you in that right yeah which is which is nice yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's so much self-awareness, Lana. We're not worried about you. (laughs) You're good. Just trust your wisdom. You already have like so much awareness and language with what you're doing. So there's always always a but, right? Like there's always going to be a but it just, we've got to just like you said, it's like riding the bus, you know, it's like, we got to just go with it and let it continually. It's an onion. There's going to be a layer. We figure it out. There's going to be just another layer. We figure this layer out. There's another layer behind that. Right. So um, I, I really appreciate you bringing this though. Cause I feel like I've been hearing this a lot and it, it was just good to hear somebody put words to it in a very yeah. articulate way, by the way. Thank you. Um, but one last thing, the, the reason why too, I thought it would be helpful to talk about this is I feel like when I started feeling these frustrations, I was like Googling like therapist podcasts or books, like not a how to handle social media in a relationship, but like just maybe some sort of structure guideline. Like people have like how to's um, for how to handle um, like infidelity, for example. And I just always thought social Mm -hmm. media is maybe so modern, but an area that we aren't really talking about. Um, There was another scenario where like, he met someone through me, a woman, and then the next day followed her and established this direct means of communication. And I expressed that this made me feel uncomfortable because I feel like you established a direct means of communication with a woman you met through me. Um, but second, and importantly, I was not aware of it. And that just makes me feel uncomfortable. Because like, if you were to ask a woman for her phone number, who you met through me, I would expect you to communicate that to me and like why maybe it was for work reasons for this or that and social media is kind of this norm but it's actually quite dangerous because 
you have like an instant download of someone's life, bam, right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it just feels like um, it's a lot of temptation. It could be tricky even for a balanced and sane person. Like, I don't want to see like all the men like I've slept with on my, on my thing on a daily basis. It's probably not good for me. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. And like, I think that social media ends up being a microcosm of life and, you know, and our work around control and surrender and trust, right? And yes, maybe in the 90s, they weren't doing it with like, you know, but at the, at the same time, like we can't be with our partners all day, every day, regardless of whether they're on their True. phones. And that was always the case, right? So how do I do a little bit of that work of staying with myself and just sort of being curious mm-hmm. about like, oof, what is the story I'm telling myself about the fact that he followed her, texted her, whatever the thing was. And, yeah. you know, can I, can I do a little of my own internal process around what this brings up over and over right yeah you're right I got some inner journey work to do here (laughs) (laughs) right there with you sister (laughs) (laughs) thank you guys um thank you yeah do do us a favor and just let us know you know keep us posted let us know how you're doing and what you're working through and all right Alana be well all right thank you take care guys Bye. bye such a juicy topic and one that we it's impossible to cover in like 25, 30 minutes. Um, yeah. But one that I have heard come up a million times. I mean, this is the life that we live in, right? And I, I'm so glad she brought this topic in because I feel like I'm having so many conversations mm-hmm. with clients around social media. And I think that, you know, social media is the animal, the beast of this moment. But I think before it was checking people's voicemails, looking at their text messages, you know, um, yeah whatever way we've always been attempting to soothe ourselves through the illusion of control in our partnerships. And we've all done it. We've all been there. And um, it becomes sort of bringing the focus back inward. And I loved in this conversation, how you brought in step two, right? Like I'm so quick to like, bring it back to yourself, like do your work, take your hundred percent. And then I think the other part of it is the relational dynamic that you speak to so beautifully, which is, and then you bring your partner into your process, right? Not for them to fix it for you, but so that you're still staying in that space of emotional intimacy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's how we learn. That's how we build. That's how we get deeper with each other, right? Is, is not just going off by ourselves and doing the work and then just thinking that we've done it. It's like, you've got to bring that back to them and bring them in on the ride. Mm -hmm. Otherwise there's no growth together, right? Like you guys start to grow in separate ways and apart versus like growing in parallel. And I think so many times in relationships, that's the step that we miss is actually bringing them in on the journey. Um, Not that we've already sorted it out, but actually the messiness and like, I don't really know what this means. And like, I'm really struggling with this and like actually bringing them in on the messy, not the part where it's like got a perfect bow on it and you're presenting back Mm. to them your findings, right? Because that's not vulnerability actually. Yeah the avoidant introvert in me shows up and rears her ugly head. Every once in a while, I'm like, just do your own work. Take it to yourself, figure it out. And you're like, no, no, <laughs> come yeah, back. See, obviously being, I mean, I'm pretty avoidant. And so my go-to and the codependency, I mean, a lot of codependents struggle with this thing of like, I'm going to go over here and sort it out and process and do my own thing by myself. Um, you know, and for different reasons, like, oh, I feel like a burden or I feel like this isn't really about them. Like, this is about me. Like I need to sort this out for myself. And so yes, and right. Sometimes to your point, that can be a defense, like not wanting to actually bring them in on that process can be a way to just defend against that deeper intimacy and being seen in this messy, vulnerable space of like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Mm. Um, 
and and can you still love me even though I don't know what the fuck I'm doing right um and I think that social media like you said in the beginning this is just like this is just the surface of it It, it's it's just the thing that's that's um it's just the mirror it's not what what's actually being mirrored back to her right I don't know the the best analogy for it but it's not the thing it's just the surface of the thing (laughs) it becomes the invitation right like the activation around social media becomes the invitation first to get curious about what this is bringing up for me, but then two, using it as an opportunity to show up vulnerably with our partner and let that person see a little bit of the mess underneath the surface. Um, You know, she's five months into a relationship. So they're in that phase where it's like, I'm, I'm grappling with allowing him to see these parts of me that are really, really vulnerable to show, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then again, how they kind of respond or how they hold those parts of you is just information for you on on what their capabilities and their capacities are. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at Vanessa S. Bennett and at Danae Logan Selkin. <laughs>